0: All right, good morning. Um, for those that don't know me, I'm Andy Keimer. I'm the pastor of Children's and Youth Ministry here at uh, Grace Chapel, and I get the privilege and opportunity to speak with you this morning. And as uh, just connecting with uh, what Kevin shared a little bit, so our church uh, four years ago decided to host what we call, um, it's a special needs Easter egg hunt. Um, we noticed that within the community there really wasn't anything being provided for children young adults with special needs when it comes to those Easter egg celebrations and most often those families wouldn't even go attend or they would go and it would be a negative experience and we've provided an opportunity with different types of Easter egg hunts, different types of activities to really um, cater to this community. It's gone so well that now there's like five other Easter egg hunts that are doing this, but this year will be our fourth. Last year we had over 350 people on campus. We had over 90 children and young adults with special needs getting to just experience the joy of an Easter egg hunt, and Kevin is going to have his booth at that as well. And he's going to have 50, 60 families sign up for it because they're going to be so excited. It's going to be awesome. So just plugging his ministry as well. It's a great chance for members of the church to really, really get connected and ultimately serve and invest in the joy of a child, which I can't really imagine anything better than that. So, um, how's everyone doing this morning? Doing well? Doing well? I'm in a good mood. I'm in a real good mood. I think it had something to do with the Ravens losing last night, (laughs) right? As a Browns, yes, you can clap. As a Browns fan, right? There's not much to celebrate ever. So the Ravens losing, even when you ask who's a Browns fan, you kind of just, "Eh, I'm kind of a Browns fan. But inside, you're still crying about John Elway in the drive. Yeah, if you're a Browns fan, you get that, right? But um so glad you're here. Uh, we're just excited that you're here. Let me pray real quick to get us started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, I pray that today is just a great day. I pray today's message is one that glorifies you, uh, one that encourages us, motivates us, and ultimately challenges us to take the next step. I pray we feel your presence through this morning, this entire week. Um, and we just keep feeling your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, last week, Pastor Jeff kicked off a new series called I Love My Church, and he did a great job of laying out, ultimately, what the church is, but more importantly, who the church is, that we, church members, we are the church, we are the body. Right. The church is not necessarily a building you go to. Right. It's a relationship that you have with Jesus as well as other believers. That's what the church is. And he used this idea of consumerism that unfortunately the society today views church in the same sense that it views a product. And I thought it'd be kind of funny. Uh, there are actual Google reviews out there of churches. So here are some actual Google reviews of churches. One star just got bored real quick. Like there was nothing for me to clap about, right? This person was hoping for kind of a state of the union caliber level of clapping. Just every comment, just round of applause. Next one, four stars instead of five, because there was no worship after the sermon, right? If you don't sing the song that I want you to sing or sing it when I want you to sing it, it's it's a bad, it's a bad experience. Uh, The third one, one star, the worship leader looked like he just got done mowing the yard. Which he may have, you know, it might have been a church where they're wearing a lot of hats. All right. Fourth one, one star, paninis were terrible. Yeah, he gets it. This person gets it. He understands what church is all about. Um, Fifth one. One star, terrible Christmas Eve service. The candles during silent night were like only lit for like 65 seconds. I like how they use the word like in there. We know the standard of a good Christmas Eve service is at least 90 seconds of of candlelight. Um, Here's a little little Catholic reference. Uh, One star didn't go to the actual service, but the bingo nights are rigged. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And last one here. Great message. Really challenged me, but a little too humid. Hence the two stars. Hello. They have things called dehumidifiers. (laughs) I feel like we just witnessed this gentleman go from mature to immature within the span of one sentence. Like they started like, oh, really challenged me. Then complain about humidity, give it two stars, and then give a snarky comment about the church. But yeah, these are funny. But unfortunately, this is how the world is starting to view church. If y'all's panini bar isn't up to standard, I'm going to another church. Okay? And this is not how God designed the church to be. These people obviously didn't love the church. God has designed us to love. The church. And my goals this morning is to to identify the level of love that we should have for the church, as well as the type of love. And it'll make sense as I go through it. And also practical ways to show that love. Um, So once again, the level of of love, as well as the type of love and practical ways that you can show that love to your church. You know, there are places throughout the community, there's buildings, there's locations, there's venues that you just have to go to. I'm not talking about like, oh, you have to go try out this new restaurant. You have to go to Disney World. You ha- No, those are wants, right? But there are places that you have to go to. If you think of a child, you think of a kid, whether it's private school, public school, home school, they have to go to school. Okay. And we, as adults, we have places throughout the community that we have to go to. So we're going to play a little picture word association in a second here. I'm going to throw up a couple pictures and I just want you to think what's the first word feeling emotion that comes to mind. Okay. What's the first, you know, you can write it down. You want If, if there's such a, an emotional response, you scream it out. That's, that's fine. We can, we can work with that, but here's our first one. Ooh. Yeah. The Bureau of motor vehicles, the BMV or in other States it's the DMV, right? Some laughter. A couple of people shaking their head. A gentleman just cried over here. A lady in the back just immediately threw up, right? It evoked some intense response. It's not a place you want to go to, but you have to go to that place, right? You walk in, they got the deli ticket thing. You pull it. It's like, all right, they're serving, you know, I got number 85. You look at the screen, they're serving four. Okay, so you're just it's just not a fun experience. It's not a place you want to go to, but, you know, you have to. All right. Here is our second picture. Doctor's office. This has nothing to do with the medical professionals. We have doctors, dentists, nurses, medical professionals. You ultimately make the visit. Great. But if you had the choice between going to a doctor you love and not going to the doctor at all, you're probably going to choose not going to the doctor's office at all. Right. Typically not a very fun environment sitting in the doctor's office, just waiting, often associated with bad news sometimes. Right. So doctor's office. All right. Here's our third one. The grocery store. Maybe some of you enjoy going to the grocery store. For me, the variable is who is with me at the grocery store. (laughs) OK, if it's my kids, I often forget that the window to get your shopping done is roughly about eight minutes. The first eight minutes is real good. And then that ninth minute, you've lost a kid. Another kid has opened something in the aisle. They're just eating. Right. The kid that wanted in the cart now what's out of the cart? They're crying. And you, you know, you're in a tough spot now. Um, but all three of those pictures, if we were to combine the consensus of the words, probably the one word that isn't in there. Now, there might be an outlier out there that you know, but the consensus, the word love is not going to be in there. Most people do not love going to the BMV. Most people don't love going to the doctor's office. Most people don't love going grocery shopping. You may enjoy it, but you don't love it. Right. And, and if we were to put a fourth picture up, I'm not going to put it up there, but imagine if we put picture of the church up there, right? We put a picture of the church. What feeling would you have? Hopefully the feeling is a lot greater, right? But our society today, it, it, we have people that are here today. We have people that have gone through seasons, people that may have gone through seasons in the past that might categorize the church as I, I have to go. It's in the same category as those first three pictures. Well, it's Christmas. I, I, I got to go. It's Easter. I got to go. My kids are inviting me. I got to go. My parents, they're making me go. I have to go. Right. And, and that's, One level of—it's not really love—but one level that we have towards the church. I have to go, and that's not how God designed it. All right, let's go a little bit further. Let's talk about something you really do enjoy going to, like a restaurant. Okay, for me, I would—I would use the word love with Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. Okay. Ooh, yeah, someone's like, ooh, right, mouth watering. It's just a great experience. The food is great. I think we've been there two or three times in our life, but I would leave there saying, we love going there. Now, the love that you have for your kids. For me, the love that I have for my kids. Right. Uh, right now I'm coaching my oldest in basketball. He's in seventh grade. The experience that we have at basketball practice during the games, I'm watching him. I'm witnessing him do something he enjoys as well as, you know, learning certain skills, life skills. And, and I just love that experience. When we compare those two types of love see the restaurant love, the restaurant love is based off something that is being provided to you. It's a place that's offering you a meal, a service, something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy it and have a great experience, then you would categorize it as yeah, I love that. But the moment you don't have a good experience, right? It loses that level. You don't love that restaurant anymore. Yeah, it's all right. I've been there. It was good. You know, I used to love it. Right. Whereas with your child, with my son, right? My love for my son isn't based off an experience. It isn't based off what he is doing for me. It's based off who he is. It's based off the relationship that I have with him. And anytime that you have a strong relationship, a loving relationship, you know, there's going to be moments when you go through life that aren't perfect, but you still work through those. And ultimately the love grows stronger. So we now have people that would probably categorize their love for a church, the same as a restaurant. Oh, I love my church. Right? But the moment maybe something doesn't go perfect or as well, that love kind of fades. Right? But the love that God is challenging us to have for our church is comparable to the love that we have for our child. Okay? The moment that something goes wrong, something goes bad, you don't run from it. You build on that relationship. You work through it. And that's, you know, that's the church that God designed. You know, some people would categorize church. I have to go. Some people would categorize church. Well, I love the church like a restaurant, but God wants us to love the church the way that he laid it out in scripture and our first goal. What level of love? We're starting to paint that picture, but let's look at scripture. John 13, 34 through 35, it gives us an initial look at the level of love that is expected to give to the church. Uh, this is last supper moment. This is Jesus just finishing, washing the feet of his disciples. And he goes on to say this, John thirteen thirty four through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this. All men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the word love is used four times in there, Right. He is speaking with his disciples. This is a prelude to the church to come. This is the foundation of his church. Let's break this verse down a little bit more. He starts by saying a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment. This isn't brand new. This is an addition to a commandment from the Old Testament. Leviticus 19.18, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is just adding on to that. He's making it a little bit better. As a parent, I use a lot of parent metaphors because I'm just in that season. It's as if I tell my kids, all right, only can have snacks in this room? You can only have snacks in this room. You can't eat your whole meal in here. You can have snacks, right? Because snacks are pretty easy. And then you come back and every single goldfish is everywhere on the floor. Not only on the floor, it's as if they did an Irish jig and stomped every single goldfish into your carpet. Okay, so then you give a new rule. All right, new rule, absolutely no food in here. So Jesus is doing that. He's adding on to the commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself. But he's going a step further. He's describing the level of love that we need to show to one another. And that level is as Christ loved us. That's a sacrificial love. That's a love that died for us. That's what he is challenging his disciples to do. And he's telling them. To love one another the same level that he has loved us. And if we understand what one another is, one another is the church. We are the church. The disciples are the foundation of the church. So he's telling the church, this is how you should love. And he's also telling us how to love the church, right? He died for us. He died a cruel and terrible, terrible death because he loves us. And that's the love that he wants us To exhibit that's the level of love another verse that's often used at weddings is ephesians 525 and it says this husbands love your wives Just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her This is the expectation when it comes to marriage, right? There is an example. We're following christ's example of the level of love he has for the church And that's what we want to exhibit in our marriage But the example itself tells us how we should love the church right the verse doesn't go on the verse doesn't end like this it doesn't go husband love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her dot 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 but when it comes to loving the church don't follow christ's example right it doesn't finish like that right the example is how he loved the church so if we were to flip that verse right if you're married if you're not married we can understand the type of love that is needed for a strong marriage it's it's a Selfless love, it's a compassionate love, right? Are we loving the church to that level? Are we loving the church as much as we love our husband, as much as we love our wife, future husband, future wife, right? That is the level that God is laying out in Scripture, right? We're painting this idea of what level of love we should have, right? But let's go a little bit further, let's keep going further. All right. What type of love can it be? What type of love will allow us to get to that level? So Whitney Houston sang of higher love. Okay. Diana Ross sang of endless love. Supreme sang of baby love. No. All right. Uh, we worship a song in here called reckless love. So there's these adjectives in front of love, the type of love, the type of love that we need to show, to have, to be able to get to that level is intentional love. It's intentional love. The word intentional means deliberate. It means on purpose. It means you are actively choosing to love. And we will start to experience that level of love for our church when we are actively engaged, when we are purposely choosing to be connected, right? That sense of love will grow when we are intentionally showing and practicing that love. And the opposite is true. The opposite is true as well. When you aren't practicing that level of love, when you're not being intentional, right? You're just kind of in and you're out and you end up loving the church like it's a restaurant. When it's providing what you need, when they're doing great things, they have great ministries. Oh, I love this church. I love what it's doing, right? But the moment that something You know, crumbles just a little bit. That love falters, and that's not the level we want to be at. We want to be at that greater level. So the level of love, right? Laid out in Scripture, Christ is the example. How He loved the church, your kids. How you love your kids, example. How you love your wife, how you love your husband. That is the level of love that we need to show to the church. The type of love we need to be intentional about it. We need to choose. And here are some ways that you can practice intentional love. The first one, love by connecting, love by connecting. I know you've heard it a lot from Grace Chapel. I get in a life group, get plugged in, but it is true. You intentionally have to choose to get connected. So here's a little story, maybe a little bit embarrassing for me. Okay. My wife and I, we've gone here 13 years ish. I've been on staff about four and a half years now, but the first five years, we were not connected, nothing because of anyone in the church. anything like It was just our choice, right? We were those people, right? Okay, let me give you. So Jeff's a hugger, right? I would time my exit when Jeff was mid embrace, right? All right. So let's go. Let's go. Let's slide out. Cause I did not want to talk to people. There's a one o'clock football game. I got to be home by 1215 to do nothing for 45 minutes. Just to get ready for the one o'clock football game. Right? So we were not overly connected. And we, yeah, some people, the game's on, today's game's like 3.30, so we're fine, we got plenty of time. Um, So you can hug Jeff a lot longer, hug me a lot longer, but we made a decision, hey, we're going to get connected. And there was a church-wide life group starting in the foyer out here, so we came back Sunday night. And, you know, we're like, we, you know, we need to beat some people. We need to choose to get connected. Um, so evening's going great. We're in small groups at this table, about eight people. And, um, I don't think I'm the funniest guy, but I do think I have a pretty good sense of humor and I also value quality over quantity. So when I go for a joke, I'm going to make sure it's a good moment. Right. And at this evening, right, there was an opportunity and I delivered what I thought was a great joke. Right, I waited on my pitch, drove this one to the gap. Right, I'm rounded two, going for three. If you don't understand the baseball to joke metaphor, basically if you strike out it's a terrible joke, right? I'm categorizing this joke as a triple, okay, which is a solid joke. It's one of those jokes where everyone laughs and then you kind of calm down and then you start laughing again because, oh, that was so funny. Like that's the level of joke that I thought I delivered. Okay? Solid. No one laughed. No one laughed which really caught me off guard. Okay. Then you don't want to be the guy that tells your same joke over again because you're looking kind of desperate about your joke. But I'm thinking to myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's put the Bible down. Let's focus on this joke. I just shared. It was good. Right? It was a good joke. Thinking of prayer requests. I pray that you guys get a sense of humor. Like what is going on here? Right? So here's the embarrassing part. So we leave and we don't come back. Alright, we don't come back to the church-wide life group. Not, not because I was so upset about the joke. I don't carry any bitterness, um, about people not laughing at my joke, even though my story is about four minutes long. But, we, or myself, we were our own worst enemy when it came to connecting. Right? We found reasons not to connect. It was uncomfortable. I didn't know anyone. Everyone at my table wasn't my age. They weren't in my season of life. Right? We ultimately, You know we were our own worst enemy and how often when it comes to connecting in church do we limit ourselves i don't know anyone well my schedule is like this there are legitimate reasons that keep you from things but if we really reflect and really evaluate how often are we just really putting limits on our ability to connect okay our life group is a great example we've been meeting for five years right the first life group meeting i've joked about this you know, ladies, they've connected. They're super tight guys. We don't know anyone. You know, we don't really know each other. We talk about mustard for 30 minutes, different types of mustard, right? What mustard goes well with this? What mustard goes well with that? Would you double mustard? I I don't know if anyone would put two mustards on a plate, but that was our starting point. It was uncomfortable. We didn't know each other, right? But fast forward five years and Everyone in our life group would categorize as the people in the life group as their people. That's who we go to, right? We've had moments now where we have FaceTimed people in to share news because we don't want to miss out on it or they want to share it as soon as they find out. So when you are intentionally choosing to connect, it's hard at first. It's tough at first, but an intentional love keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps taking that step. To get connected. And maybe that first level of connection wasn't there. But you go find a pastor. You go find someone that's really plugged in. Maybe you start a connection point. right? So the point here is we are intentionally doing it. We are intentionally getting connected. The church, being on staff, I feel we do a really good job with this. It's our effort in staff, meaning to get everyone connected. If we need to start new things to do this, that, that is one of our goals. So here's just a practical, you know, list of things that the church has that maybe you need to step out of your comfort zone and go to, right? And maybe it's not the experience you're hoping for, but at least you're making that first step. We have life groups. We have women's Bible studies starting up. Okay, we have men's Bible studies. Pastor David is starting this band of brothers initiative, which is going to start meeting this next Saturday, the 18th in the morning. It's the first and third Saturday of every month. And the challenge goes for a whole year. Now, if that's overwhelming, you can come one time. You can pop in. You don't have to be there. They're not taking attendance, right? But it's an opportunity for men to grow. It's an opportunity for men to be challenged. It's an opportunity for men to become better husbands, better fathers, better employees, employers, and just really, really get connected, right? So I want to encourage you to intentionally love by getting connected. Second way that we can intentionally show love to our church is the love by serving Love by serving. Isaiah 64 6 says this. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deed, they are nothing but filthy rags. Now we could break that verse down for a while, but the point I'm trying to make is if we're doing something in the name of God, it's amazing. If we're doing righteous deeds, not in the name of God, he views it as a filthy rag. Pastor Kevin had a great example in a staff meeting that he knew of a famous baseball player that was giving millions and millions of dollars to a children's hospital. Now, he, he, he was erring on the side that he's not a believer. You know, we don't know. But in the eyes of God, those millions of dollars compared to someone just praying in the name of God, the prayer in the name of God is far greater in God's eyes than the millions and millions of dollars. And I use that verse to say that no matter what your spiritual gift is, no matter what your skill is, when you do it for God, it is extremely, extremely valuable. And the same thing like connecting. We often self-sabotage ourselves. Well, I'm good at this, but the church doesn't need that. I, I can do this, but it's not that important, right? If your skill is really good at moving stones, I promise you come find Jeff He has a list of 8 to 12 stones on campus that need to be moved somewhere on campus. We can use, the church will use your skill. And the church needs your skill. And you're called to use that skill to build into the body of Christ. You're needed. Right? So whatever your ability is, your spiritual gift, doing it in the name of God is what is expected. And last, we can love... By sharing and giving Sharing and giving Giving is an act of love And I'm not just talking financially Okay, and tithing I'm talking about time I'm talking about resources Outside of just money Okay But it is an act of love And oftentimes We will give or we will share Dependent on variables that the church does But we are called to be intentional We're called to love regardless we're called to love to that level and give and share so those are three i think pretty practical ways whenever i talk to the youth i want them to leave with practical things that they can do going into this next week so my prayer was that you're encouraged you're motivated that you understand the level of love that god is expecting us to show to the church That we then can, okay, I I see that level. How do I get to that level? Well, you can be intentional about your love. Okay, I understand. Intentional. How can I be intentional? Connecting, giving, sharing, serving. All great opportunities to show your love for the church. In closing, I had a college coach um, who always said his goal was to help you get there. Now, what there was, was defined by us as athletes. So my there went from, okay, I want to start. Okay. I want to be all conference. I want to be an all American. My final there was, I want to set the school record in career receptions. Those were my there's. And it was the coach's job to help us get there. Right. We, as a church leadership, we talk about that all the time. Right. We want to help you get there. Whatever your there is, you're there might be an initial relationship with Jesus Christ and you don't know how to get there. Come find an elder, find a pastor. We will help you get there. If you're there is on the level of like I just shared with like an all American. I, I don't know what that would be in the terms of, you know, just starting a life group or, you know, stepping up and leading in the church. We want to help you get there. Okay. But when you look at the progression of what I had, it didn't start way up here. It was one step of being intentional. I want to try to start. I want to be on the starting team. I want to get to that level. Okay. I'm at that level. My next there is here and here and here. And it, it's a perfect metaphor for how we connect your first connection might literally be sending an email or asking a question or going on the website and seeing when the women's Bible study is or when the women's retreat, men's retreat is, and you take that initial step. That's an intentional love for the church. You know, my prayer at the beginning, like I said, was to motivate you, to encourage you, and I hope you feel motivated. I hope you feel encouraged. But it was also to challenge you you know, that each of us are thinking, okay, what's my there? What's my next step? And and I hope that understanding the level of love and the type of love, right? That you can take that next step because here is, here's the ultimate end result. Who does this benefit? The greatest benefactor in this is us, is you. When you and Choose to intentionally love. When you follow Scripture and love the church like God intended it, it might be hard. It might be uncomfortable. It might be moments where people aren't laughing at your joke and you don't know why, right? But you are moving in the right direction. You are intentionally choosing to love the church, and that's what God wants for us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, Thank you for... Your model of the church. And as skewed as it gets in the world today, as crazy as it can be, and we're rating it, we're judging it. Lord, I pray that we really reflect on how you design the church. right? And I pray pray that we really reflect where do we put the church. Is it categorized? With the BMV, is it categorized as a love for a restaurant? Or do we truly, truly love the church the way it should be? Because when we love it the way it should be, we benefit. The experience is indescribable. And I pray that we move towards that level. Lord, I pray for a great week. I pray for reflection as we leave this sermon and as we go through this series, Lord. And we continue to strive to love the church and be the church the way you designed it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys have a great week.